0: Alright, hello everybody and welcome to End Credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm your host, Adam A. Donaldson, and joining me today
1: is... Peter Wesley, Sam, and I hope all y'all Guelphites are doing well.
0: Oh, well, I I can speak for all Guelphites and say that they're doing very well, um, for the most part. Uh, I mean, I can't speak to individual cases, but uh, yeah, I think Guelph is doing okay. Good good (laughs) that's all there is to it it's just good it's good news all around
1: (laughs) no that's good that's good i was worried how guelph would be doing without me but that's good
0: (laughs) while secretly being disappointed that it's okay (laughs) a pitch a pitch (laughs) all right and credits is a local movie show for local movie fans we're here every wednesday at 3 p.m to talk the latest in pop culture and review the newest movies which this week will be the new science fiction horror nope which you can now see in a theater near you. That's gonna be in the back half of the show. For the first half, we're gonna look at uh, some other great number threes. And we don't mean like the third part of a trilogy, (laughs) but this is in honor of Jordan Peele's uh, third movie, uh, which is is what Nope is, his third movie as a director, I should say. And um, so we thought, well, there are a couple of ways we could take this for the pre-game or the pre-review, which is like to talk about scary alien movies. But once you get outside of alien and predator franchises, um, the pickings are slim. Uh, so I had the idea, like, let's talk about great third movies. And I, <laughs> I kind of I kind of suggested this off the cuff before sort of doing any research. But once I got into it... Um, a director's third movie is very interesting. It either kind of sets the course for their future career, or it's kind of like the end of something. And uh, whether that's the end of like a certain style or a certain flirtation or like the end of their indie cred before they sell out. um, Number threes are very telling. I don't know about what you discovered, Peter, but. Oh,
1: absolutely. It shows uh, at what point. what they've matured to where they are as a director uh is it based on does it have elements from the ones prior is it completely different uh and i think a lot of the times too it's important to look at its budget right if they're Mm -hmm. super um popular now how much are they getting for the film is it more is that visible in the film has that harmed its acting or its writing um yeah there's just so many questions it brings up Mm mm-hmm and uh, it's also interesting to see, you know, if it did bad, what happens after? Are they able to to get back from that? Mm
0: hmm. So without further ado, we're going to do some of our favorite number threes. We're going to uh, do our top three of number threes. Uh so Peter, why don't you kick us off with your first number three?
1: All right. So number three for me is one of my, uh, I don't even know if I want to call it a guilty play, but awakenings by, uh, Penny Marshall is, uh, mm-hmm. her third work. And I, I absolutely love it. I remember I watched it, uh, not as a kid, but I'm 14. And it just, I thought the acting by Robin Williams and, uh, Robert Gennier was, uh, outstanding. And, um, something very interesting for me is I just find diseases and, and medical things very interesting and I had not been aware of the encephalitis lethargica the uh, <laughs> sleeping sickness there that's the because uh, I didn't want to keep having to say encephalitis lethargica <laughs> sleeping sickness I was not aware of it I just thought people sleeping a lot of lazy right or or mm-hmm. a coma I didn't know there was something kind of a mixture of coma but sleeping it's very very strange very interesting but uh most importantly it's you know it's robin williams he's amazing and he's absolutely amazing it's great to see him funny but it's even better in my opinion because i think it's more special to see him as more of a dramatic actor someone who brings forth a lot of emotions there was of course some comedy but overall you know you you uh you tear up you have you know a heartache it's it's got a lot more emotions in it and uh Robert Junior, of course, there's a lot of not movement, right? Which can mm-hmm. be uh something I always respect in its own way. Uh that or a film where say someone is mute, they can't speak. That's always impressive. It's own, you know, how are they using their physicals? Um, whereas mm-hmm. I guess Robert Junior, how is he using his lack of physical or you know, oratory capabilities? How is he doing nothing? You know? And he, he does it well. He does nothing perfectly Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) yeah it's interesting to to look at that movie where it's um it's robin williams doing the heavy lifting uh for the acting while acting heavy robert de niro kind of does uh does not do much
1: yeah exactly and um i also think as penny marshall's third film it shows she does she cares a bit about reviews but Mm. she likes making it I guess a family drama, someone, anybody could enjoy the parents and the kids, but also deal with something important, something important, but that I think kids or adults can relate to together uh, big, of course, all about an aging thing, whether you're a young and, you know, turning 10 or, or someone in the middle age mm-hmm. uh, awakenings, it deals with um, just the hardships of uh, ailments and, how even if i guess someone doesn't talk or speak as a a doctor or a nurse you can you can get to know them you can really care about them and that of course can be viewed in any even broader way just just the care and who who can who can receive it from you what what you can do for something as hard mm-hmm. as the uh, the sleep illness mm-hmm. so uh, and that that we see that too um well more so the uh, the kind of Fun aspects that anybody can enjoy a league of uh their own, her film right after. So I think Awakenings was just a confirmation, a confirmation that she's gonna keep up with uh what Big brought and uh jump Jack Flash. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say that too. She comes off of Jumpin' Jack Flash, which is a comedy with Whoopi Goldberg. She comes off of Big, which is a comedy with Tom Hanks, who at that point was more well known for his comedies than he was uh being a serious dramatic dude. Yeah, and then she comes off that and does awakenings where it's uh, a funny guy, Robin Williams, but it's mm-hmm. a, a deeply serious drama, which is, it's very interesting. Um, and then she went, and then after that, she went and did a league of their own, which goes back to, which actually kind of mixes comedy and drama. It was on TV earlier today. So it, there are some deep, it's always
1: on TV. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> there's some poignant moments in that, but there's also some very funny moments in that too.
1: I was also looking through my uh, DVDs. I have some in my basement. I had, I had two of it. <laughs> so it's it's everywhere a league of their own is everywhere
0: yeah you it's it's not it's probably streaming somewhere too okay my numbers my three my first number three i'm getting my numbers confused um is a denny villeneuve uh effort it's polytechnique um which is kind of it's not explicitly about what happened on December 6, 1989. I like called Polytechnique uh, like no names are mentioned. It, it takes place at a university in Quebec. Um, but aside from, I mean, cause it's in French uh, you can see, see the dates on the walls, but nowhere does um, are, are any of the real life names used. Um, but it's almost like a real time uh, sort of staging or recreation of the, uh, attack on like Polytechnique. Polytechnique. Um, you see it through the eyes of two of the women who were, uh, ended up being victims of the attack. Plus the shooter. Um, it, it's kind of presented sort of bare minimum, uh, really stripped down, really direct. Uh, there's nothing really dramatic. It's it, there's, there's kind of the, almost this documentarian, um, filter to this it's in it's in stark black and white it's really um emotional it is really uh dramatically charged and it comes for villain of it comes after um the 32nd of august on earth which is just like kind of this goofy almost kevin smith like sex comedy <laughs> really
1: i got to catch this i've not heard of it
0: it's really goofy and um, maelstrom which is kind of darkly serious and about you know uh, heavily dramatic slice of life in montreal it's uh with you know death and abortions and things so it's like he's already kind of changed these (laughs) changed like tone quite rapidly going from one to the next and then to, to go to polytechnique which is just so grounded um and and so uh, also very technically well executed say what you what do you want about the 32nd of august on earth and maelstrom it it shows a lot of technical talent but it doesn't show a lot of execution and polytechnique is a really dramatic change coming off those two movies where it just uh you see talent um sort of not reach the maximum of its ability, but you see, like talent, well and truly being tapped for the first time. Um, this is a, a director. At this point, you have a director's vision able to, um, or you have a director's skill of being able to match his vision, and it is a really kind of a harrowing experience, um, especially since I, I think we know we know so much about what happened at Lake Hall Polytechnique in 1989, but to actually kind of see it unfold. In a dramatic recreation is is something else entirely, and it has this um, really interesting prologue at the end about uh, one of the survivors and uh, how life carries on for them, and and uh, how what happened there has sort of changed them forever. It's uh, it's amazing that uh, he's able to sort of tap into something that feels very new about a thing that we think so that a thing that we think we know so much about so polytechnique is when denny Villeneuve arrives and
1: uh it's well worth watching i think especially well i i can't even imagine you would have been uh alive when it happened no
0: Um, i was i I was 10 when that's why yeah
1: you 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 were alive when it happened that's what i mean i can't even uh imagine that yeah. Um, but I also just do want to say every year, the anniversary, they really do present it well mm-hmm. uh, in schools, even for us young. And so I think anybody should give this a view. And I actually I think it relates a bit to Nope in the sense uh, it's a good thing. Nah, possibly it's a good thing. You know, uh, it depends on your point of view. I think it's a good thing. They didn't use the real names of everybody. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad you picked that one.
0: hmm. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Um... It's powerful, that's for sure. Anyway, let's get to your uh, number two, number three pack.
1: <laughs> All right, so uh, it's actually funny because you brought them up, but uh, my second one, number mm-hmm. two of the three mm-hmm. is Chasing Amy from Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also thought it just worked well because he just announced Clerks 3 and showed the trailer. It looks great. you know. I'm excited. Yeah, uh, looks interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it shows how great of a director he was and could have stayed as <laughs> i think he can still be great but there's a lot of a lot of things he didn't uh, bring forth to the films after and that's because chasing amy's focus is romance and deep emotional distraught through that uh, and of course the goods that come through it It, of course, has a heavy focus on comics, like his other ones, Mm -hmm. but it even intertwines that into, like I said, romance and the good and bads that can come through that. Uh, And I also just, I love Jason Lee's character, and I think uh, it's not groundbreaking, but it's one of the great uh, ways to show how someone can find their gay self, how someone could realize they're gay, how someone could come out or how and why a lot of people uh are homophobic because they're deeply deeply closeted like Mm -hmm. uh jason lee's character is so i think that was a really uh a fun addition uh and like i said it's what showed how much more emotions and important things he could have continued forth uh in his films so i think it's really interesting because he got more money for it. Yeah. But instead of going in a more blockbuster direction, he actually, like I said, he he's still focused on comedy, humor, and even more than the others, uh emotions, you know. I uh it's it's romantic, right? It's a romantic comedy drama. And mm-hmm. uh I think more of his should have been like that and, and could have been like that. I think chasing Amy, even though, like I said, I I love I've seen every film by him. I I do. I like them all, but uh, I think <laughs> chasing Amy is his last uh, real important film. I think it's his last true, uh, genuine work of art. You know, uh, the, the the last one that I think deserves a, a Criterion. You're
0: not a Dogma fan.
1: I, I I was all right. I as someone who is agnostic, I don't. I didn't <laughs> love it. I I, I don't love. Extreme religious people, but I also I'm not a huge, I, I you know I'm not a uh, Neil deGrasse uh, Tyson. Tyson guy. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just not that's not Carl Sagan. That's not for me. But uh, I I do think it's a great film. But no, I don't. I think jason Amy is his his final uh, true work of art. Mm,
0: you might be right. I think where where Kevin Smith connects is when he feels like he has something well and truly genuine to say, which you know, Kirk's Clerks is like a statement on. I mean I I think both Clerks and Clerks 2 are really good as sort of a statement on
1: Yeah, Clerks 2's just it's so much later and it's very he, similar to Clerks, something he's already accomplished, right? And I, also, I know a lot of people are like laughing like, "Oh, how is Mallrats like that?" But I think Mallrats of his films is the best representation of the slacker culture. So that's why it's I included it of, of the first three as uh, classics.
0: I think yeah, and I I think I mean Mallrats is funny, but I I think when you're talking about clerk the clerks movies chasing amy dogma uh at least for me and i would also include red state in that because it felt it feels like such like a like a personal artistic statement like look i can make i, I can make a movie that isn't just about you know dick and fart jokes and <laughs> um, and i mean it sort of goes off the rails with like yoga hosers and tusk and and all that but i mean or it, whatever yeah it, it, when he has something when he when he knows he has something to say and how he wants to say it, he can, he's capable of of doing good movies, um, and not just funny movies. But
1: uh, exactly, yeah. yeah. I also I. I... <laughs> I learned a lot too uh, through chasing Amy of the comic world's mm-hmm. industry. I, I didn't know that some people are just the tracer. And yeah, <laughs> I just love the recurring <laughs> joke of how mad Jason Lee will get when someone's like, "Oh, so you know, you're you're just tracer. Literally, their title's tracer, but he hates hearing it, and he's like, I don't know, we do so much. It's all about the layers, about the depth, and you know, a, a, a he's, I mean, of...
0: he's he's right. Inking is is important. He is, it's, yeah, it's, it's,
1: yeah, exactly. But it, uh, it is a skill. Not, it is a skill. Maybe not as important as you think but yeah no i just thought <laughs> i thought that was just a little uh sprinkle of humor even though it is more dramatic and romantic there's there's yeah. just some genuine humor so yeah number two number two of the three chasing amy all
0: right my my f- second number three is brain dead or you may know it as dead alive it is peter jackson's third movie it is a zombie <sighs> comedy and it is Thoroughly disgusting and uh, funny and bizarre. And I mean, it's interesting because very clearly at the end of this, he moves after the, after brain dead, he moves on to heavenly creatures with it, which is so this more, more dramatic, um, Kind of, you know, skill building exercise of of doing a, a movie that's a little bit more weighty and not necessarily built on how can I build sort of the grossest special effects I possibly can. I'm telling a real story with real actors and real acting and real traumatic heft, um, and that comes almost immediately after Dead Alive, which features a scene of a uh, of somebody's uh, getting their skeleton pulled out of their body um <laughs> and it's also at a time when you know the early 90s like that wasn't a that wasn't prime time for zombies like uh you had day of the dead in 85 that was kind of a bomb and everyone i mean you had return of the living dead at that point too which was uh, kind of a zombie satire but uh at that point it seemed like everything that could be said about zombies had been said and then along comes peter jackson with um some of the grossest gaggiest <laughs> blood covered pus covered you know zombie effects uh you could ever see and it's a comedy yeah it's like
1: we're we're not done yet y'all it's the I, it's like, zombie thing
0: it's like you you think hey, M- hey mpaa you think you've seen a zombie movie no you haven't um, watch this watch this <laughs> and it, it comes after he does um meet the feebles which is like this i mean people think avenue q is the the pinnacle of raunchy puppets it's not uh watch meet the feebles assuming you can find a copy um where it's you know again gore uh blood guts puppets uh puppets who kill and not in a funny way like that old comedy network show um but (laughs) but i mean this is a guy who you would never have guessed would have gone on to make lord of the rings Uh, the trilogy, or the Hobbit trilogy, or the Beatles get back, which is like the like the most wonder bread kind of project you could take on is like let's let's make a Beatles documentary
1: or uh, Love Lovely Bones. He made Lovely Bones, where he kills off a salmon. That's kills off a salmon, and I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. But he is a great director, and honestly, I I I will this uh the one you're discussing being his third film yeah so many people probably still think like lord of the rings was his first right but he was that he already, comes uh, out of yeah he comes out of nowhere and, and makes
0: lord of the rings but no this guy was working a decade earlier in some of the grossest most disgusting most outrageous horror satires uh you have ever seen and, and it fills me with sadness that it's you you can't find uh i can't remember what the first one is called his first movie is off the top of my head brain dead meet the feebles like i always like whenever bad taste
1: bad taste that's right um i just looked at the cover of it and yeah people should check out bad taste too They're very hard the the visuals of the the main i guess villain is uh very well done
0: yeah they're and they're so hard to find it's um it it brings a tear to my eye Mm All right, um, let's get to your uh, number three, third movie.
1: Okay, so number three, uh, I picked The World of Piri Thomas uh, by Gordon Parks, the uh, Mm. very famous director. I think uh, Shaft, the director of Shaft, a very uh, important black director of back Mm -hmm. in the day. Mm -hmm. And uh, what it is itself is a documentary of the Cuban poet Perry Thomas, who is a Latin American Cuban, who was a really, really famous uh, author and artist in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gordon Parks from Harlem himself, and who knows it, made a documentary about this figure. Uh, but the film kind of goes beyond that. And it's more a look at Harlem and uh, the intertwining of the Spanish culture and the Black culture and it does so not with interviews, but solely through documented visuals mm-hmm. and a narration from uh, Piri Thomas himself. But uh, archives of what he said, his literature, uh, his vocal poems that he would give, and it's just it's beautiful because it intertwines it, like I said, with true footage, uh, and that includes the the really. Uh, really, really, really bad. Uh, There's some very, instead of looking at the neighborhoods in a very expansive way, he would go inside the condos uh, and see the people themselves. There's direct footage of people uh, preparing and and doing heroin, of um, sex workers, uh, so many different things like that of the uh, uh, Spanish-Latin American community. But what it also does in a very, very great way, like I said, uh, it includes all of the Black people who would deal with uh, uh, that too and how um, even though there's a, a separation, it's it's Harlem as a whole that needs to be viewed. Um, and that's because it also has some brightness. It's got a lot of great life, great, great art. And that's another focus given. So there's a really good contrast of the awful what's going on uh, and the greats, the art that's being presented through it all. Mm. Um, and it's just, yeah, a phenomenal look at uh, Harlem, Harlem back in the uh, 60s and what it was like. And I would uh, recommend checking out other Gordon Parks and uh, the art of uh, Peary Thomas himself. Um, but I do, I want to forewarn, it's a very graphic documentary and um more of an art piece in the sense that it's visuals with um archival narration Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to direct interviews with numerous people uh but i think that makes it so it shows the realities of harlem even though Mm -hmm. maybe in a broader way than if it was direct interviews it, it shows harlem as a whole and what the latin american and black community deal with um and their separation but also the similarities and uh harlem harlem's uh, heart as a whole mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah so I, would rec- I would recommend that one it's actually available on um the uh, uh just archives i was trying to think of the name for the archive site on archives.com it's uh it's free so that's that oh. was really cool it was, it was good to check out so yeah mm-hmm. uh the world of piri thomas uh by gordon parks that was a deep cut <laughs>
0: um no interesting though um <clears throat> I think for my third number 3 I'm going to go with um mostly cuz I just heard him on the Ringer podcast um the big picture podcast from the Ringer uh John Carpenter who's number 3 oh, of uh, course movie was Halloween so um, <laughs> Oh that's
1: no that's an awesome choice very <laughs> different very different choices <laughs>
0: very different choice um but I mean it's you know from the fact it's a small indie film. Uh, I think it was $300,000. It was made for like the simple setup, babysitter killer, um, you know, the POV shots, the, the music. Oh, the John Carpenter score um, with uh, the synth and uh, the, like the painted William Shatner mask. I think there was a story about how Nick Castle who played Michael Myers and in, in the first movie had the mask and they went back at, they were going to make Halloween two and they tried to recreate the Michael Myers mask from the first film and they couldn't. So they had to go actually go find where the mask was and Nick Castle had it. Um, so I wonder,
1: I wonder if he asked uh, for money. I'm curious if they had to pay for it
0: or if he ransomed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the like overalls, butcher knife, painted William Shatner mask. There's your killer and it's iconic. Uh, instantly iconic. Jamie Lee Curtis is so great. Like all the like all the characters in it are so great. Um, like, like it's you don't really go deep into backstories or anything, but they feel like real, vivid, living people. Um, they are not just mincemeat waiting for the killer to to cut them up. So it's just, I mean, what else can you say about Halloween at this point? It, it There's a reason why it's the goat. And it was John Carpenter's third movie ever after dead star and assault on precinct 13. And, uh, it shows you, I think why Carpenter would become the talent uh, that he was so reliable, like just like a, just a consummate craftsman. Uh, he's a, he's a journeyman director, but I don't mean that in a negative way. Like he can, he's just look, look what he can do with $300,000. Um, you know, he creates something iconic, something actually, something well, that, that yeah, makes it impressive. Still, itself. Yeah. And we're still living. I mean, we're still living in how ha- like there's another Halloween movie coming out in a couple of months. There was a trailer for it before. Nope. So <laughs> I
1: think, I think, Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I was about to say, I think just a teaser, but that's the YouTube one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, you know, uh, more Halloween is coming soon and it was John Carpenter's uh, third movie. The original will nope have as grand a legacy. As Halloween, um, I don't know if they'll make 11 movies out of it, but uh, Jordan Peele certainly might have a bright future after. We're going to talk about Nope after the break. You are listening to End Credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. Oh, yeah.
1: What if I told you that today you'll leave here different. Pops! Pops! I'm talking to you. Bro, what you see?
0: Something above the clouds. That's big. How big? Big. You
1: think whatever killed Pops is out there? Right here. You are going to witness an absolute spectacle.
0: So what happens next? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Okay, so that was a clip from Nope. It is the new film from writer-director Jordan Peele, and it stars Daniel Kalua, Kiki Palmer, Stephen Yen, Brandon Perea, uh Michael Wincott, and Keith David. Uh, so that is a stacked cast. Nice, nice to have Michael Wincott back. Um, <laughs> because uh, I, I, I guess as a '90s kid, I feel like um, Michael Wincott is somebody who kind
1: of disappeared. Uh, you know? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm not. He's not a very uh, prominent part of my life. No, to? he was.
0: He was top dollar. He was the main villain in The Crow. Um, he played uh, Sir Guy of Gisborne in Robin Hood Prince of Thieves so he's kind of like one of the mid-tier villains and uh, he was Elgin in Alien Resurrection he was the captain of the pirate ship in Alien Resurrection
1: this might help with the comeback then. Cause uh, like you are saying, he was, I thought he was, I thought he was great in it. He's uh, one of a the, true embracer of, of uh, the arts. You know? I mean,
0: it's, it's, it's interesting. You get Michael Wincott and Keith David, like two of the deepest voices in Hollywood in the same movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, all well, right. We need, to, we need to hear, there's only uh you know, we need a, a representation of how that sounds. Yeah. You know, one that could be happenstance. <laughs> two people talking like that. Yeah. That's Hollywood style. <laughs>
0: All right, let's get into Nope and uh, we will try and tiptoe gingerly through spoilers
1: because Yeah, yes,
0: it is one of those movies. So, uh, Peter, what did you think of Nope?
1: Okay, so I have seen Get Out and I saw Us and Get Out I loved. Us I thought was okay. Mm-hmm. I loved this one again. I really, I thought it was great. Uh, I think he went in a right direction with more of a a sci-fi focus because there's still enough horror elements that's what he that's what he's great at but this one like every reviewer has said it's more like Close Encounters of the Third Kind whereas Us is pretty much a direct slasher um, and get out a psychological horror Um, so I think even more than the others this allowed for some uh, character depth of, of just them as individuals, as opposed to what those characters are dealing with socially. Mm-hmm. So I just liked the attachment Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, OJ and Emerald had uh, their differences, but their more moral mindset than a lot of the others. Uh, and their kind of positive and pessimistic views of, you know who they're inheriting? Uh, old OJ Senior, right? Didn't get mm. in the horse. You know he wasn't perfect, <laughs> but um, I thought I thought there was more more depth there than there was with let's say um, uh, Nyongos and her husband and um, us. Uh, mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that with them and all the acting all around. Uh, there's the two we mentioned, um, but uh, I thought Stephen Young was was hilarious. I am not. actually i don't even know where he's from really it's not not a viewing Mm -hmm. viewings that i'm a a fan of um (laughs) but i thought uh jupe was great Uh, i think a former child actor and that's exactly how i picture a former child actor who's no (laughs) longer an actor but still wants to get that moolah you know Mm -hmm. um and i thought uh (laughs) I just I, I thought the story around why he's the way he is too is, is amazing. It's something they don't show it all in the trailer, but the beginning is probably my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, an amazing sitcom, an amazing sitcom. They show the filming of it, Gordy's home, and mm-hmm. then uh, Gordy goes a little crazy, but then <laughs> but then he just fist bumps Jupe, He just fist bumps Stephen mm-hmm. Young's character, mm-hmm. and that's gold. It was such a beautiful shot, and, and it really represents uh why he's viewing it the way he is and why he's the kind of guy he is you know mm-hmm. and i think that that shows too there's some young child actor they have one thing that's amazing that's special happens to them like that and they think they're the greatest you know yeah and it shows how that mindset can stay even after they're famous um but i'm actually kind of in a weird way his character had a lot of flaws, but uh, you know, very selfish, focused on the raw aspects of Hollywood, not not safety. But mm-hmm. uh, I enjoyed his his character. I thought he had uh, a lot of vigor. He had a lot of a lot of desire for fame, and he presented that well. Um, and I'd go to his, you know, I'd go to his carnival.
0: It would, <laughs> it would, pull, it would pull
1: me in absolutely.
0: Jupiter's claim
1: yeah yeah and uh yeah just the action all around there were some roles like barbie ferreira i had expected more in it but i can see based on how the film ended up and the plot why she was cut like i wasn't too important nessie of uh an inclusion in it but mm-hmm. um i mm-hmm. still thought you know even the more minor individuals like her in it uh were great and uh keith david's small role as old mm-hmm. senior in the beginning uh, i thought that shot too they show um well, I could say as part of the, the, he, he dies and they uh, show that death in a very, yeah, it's not a way. spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's uh, even in the
0: trailer, his dead
1: bodies. It, in the it trailer. is exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't uh, give specifics of, Oh, where's that dust coming from? Right. Where, what is that on him? But it does later. And it's just a, a good kind of first look at the beginning because it gives you a pinch to think about. So you can the whole time, like, what, what is this being, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I think the bean too I think the UFO you know or is it a UFO you know that's what a lot of people <laughs> think but it also it seems a little alive'll we'll, we'll see what's up yeah and, uh, I thought it was done well visually I think uh subtle like one floor, of third normal like <laughs> um close encounters of the third kind but mm-hmm. uh i'm I'm okay that it, it showed it a bit more as well and I didn't think it pulled away from any uh excitement when you see the true vehicle warping near the end (laughs) remember when i was talking
0: about tiptoeing gingerly through spoilers (laughs) Um, (laughs) no it's fine um yeah i i think this is uh a much more um a a much more put together effort than us i think us was a little old over the place i liked us a lot but it 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 is a lot of it is really all over the place with it's just of, a great
1: ho- it's just a great horror film that, it's, that's, it's, uh, solid. It's, it's solid it's solid it's
0: yeah. it, it just coming off of get out which is uh punchy uh it's tight it's very direct uh you know exactly what it's getting at i think it's 90 minutes it's a little over 90 minutes so it's just that perfect horror length um and then us uh it feels a little more all over the place, but I, I, still like us a lot. Nope. Um, <laughs> I got to put the hard P on it. Nope. Um, it, it, I, it still has some of that. Um, I think it comes together
1: a bit more tightly in the end, uh, than us does. Um, yeah, maybe less like, I you don't know, of a shock or something, but yeah, more of just a firm, uh, conclusion, which I think yeah. for a sci-fi is, is fine. It doesn't need to be some huge, Shock I, at the end. I,
0: I think in us he's trying to work back. He was trying to work backwards from the twist. Um, and in Nope, there's kind of there. There are some twisty things, but it, that the, the twist isn't the point.
1: Yeah, so, I think he also hated people say like, "Oh, he's so Shawshank, he's so M Night." So he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna try a pitch to make sure that's you know that's not the case." Yeah, so.
0: I mean, it's it's interesting that you know Jordan Peele decides to go like kind of Spielberg influenced alien invasion in his. <laughs>
1: <laughs> his third movie or yeah, his, his third big movie like shaman did but yeah a, a lot of reviewers is the one great vanity fair one where they say exactly what you said but unlike spielberg he focuses at least a bit on the social culture aspects of the characters and you know they actually provides jordan peele provides depth to them so yeah, even yeah. though there is a heavy focus more than his priors on explosions big budget visuals there's still more character depth Mm-hmm. uh then Spielberg or george lucas you know mm-hmm. michael bay those kinds of uh very flashy big blockbuster yeah. directors
0: there's i mean he also gives i think i'm not sure how much of that is in the script but a lot of it is in um their performances just that friction between oj and and m um she's like more outgoing um But she also is least attached to the family business, whereas he's like wholly committed to the family business. But he he's uh, kind of very introverted and uh, kind of more introspective. And um, and and again, it's kind of implied that a lot of that is that the father's fault by not letting her train the horse it,
1: like i mentioned exactly yeah, yeah. So, so they uh I, they don't say that at the very beginning though so which is good yeah, so I, they, a lot they of, present that in a way where you start to care more about her a lot of and that when is you yeah, start subtext. to care more about someone later on that you didn't think you did that makes it feel even stronger so i thought yeah. that was cool
0: yeah a lot of it is subtext that is is brought up through the the performances i did like the whole I wasn't sure what to think about the whole Gordy's home is thing uh, because it oh, that's how the movie opens with it's like sort of seeing the aftermath of this. but I, I I went with it because of that last scene where it shows it shows Jupe's point of view. Uh, and, you, and you don't know this because it's literally the beginning of the film, but it's Jupe's point of view. He's hiding under a table. The studio is empty and Gordy is like, like wandering around, covered in blood who a chimpanzee for people who, who may not know the gordy gordy's home is a sitcom about a chimpanzee um and and he's covered in blood something's gone terribly wrong and it's like gordy's trying to figure it out too and then he stops looks directly at the camera and then it cuts to the opening credits <laughs> and it's just like <gasps> What is this? What I thought this was about a UFO. What is this chimpanzee covered in blood doing? But you're 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 right into it. And
1: uh intertwines pretty great, the plot. Like I said, it's a amazing way to make uh Steven Young's character seem more real. Yeah, and you need to kinda even maybe feel a pitch bad for or understand, understand why he's doing it. Mm-hmm. you you
0: you come into it a bit, like you understand like the role of what this This episode has i mean it also ends up informing the the story of of jupe who um and i found this interesting connection to uh licorice pizza which is also about like a former child star who's trying to get his hustle on um so jupe is jupe is kind of like where (laughs) where um i can't remember the character's name in licorice pizza um michael hoffman but you know that's where this is where Michael Hoffman hopes to be in the course of, of licorice pizza. He hopes to like have his own little business fiefdom somewhere, where he can, he can exploit his childhood fame appropriately. Um, but yeah, the, the, the jupe character is fascinating. Um, the sort of uh, friction between him and the, the Haywoods <laughs> is also interesting. Um, and, you, you know, you get some of the funny parts and uh, it, it's, you're really not, i don't i really think you're not supposed to know what to feel about juke because he feels also very exploitative like when he's the the scene where he's putting on the the show that you see around the middle of the movie where things get real um his co-star from uh gordy's home is there and she's covered in a veil that you kind of see blow up in the in the in the wind and you see like the end result of like what happened in the chimp attack during the during the filming of the show and so like (laughs) here is this person who was like horribly disfigured um in his sort of you know what he's kind of built his like future fame on and uh here she is like sitting front row center at one of his silly wild west shows so that he can point to her and like hey remember my lovely co-star
1: yeah no. well that's that's what i mean that's why i'm kind of glad they showed even though it felt out of place why they showed the old gordy thing in the beginning because it uh, relates heavily to yeah. uh, all of that and how determined he is just continue getting that that name you know mm-hmm. you, you feel i don't know i felt like a pinch bad for him <laughs> more so the people <laughs> whose lives he negatively affected but I also just like, oh, dude, man, like child actors. I'm so sorry. Um, But that's just one small example <laughs> this film gives of all the flaws of current social media and yeah. what we find interesting and entertainment. Uh, and I think, you know, it's it's definitely, it's a clear point made, but I don't think it's like shoved in your face. I just, I, I think it's done that uh, I think it's done well. I think even maybe the, uh, well actually no i was going to spoil something but yeah i think um especially because <laughs> other films yes will make slight comments of that nature this one had like direct examples not based on real things but just a direct depiction of it i loved the tmz reporter uh the tmz yeah. guy <laughs> that was probably my favorite part of the film uh i'm not saying they get what they deserve but
0: you know well, what's, something, interesting something is, what's interesting is I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about this movie and, and one of the people on the podcast was uh, used to work at TMZ and he's like, that's exactly how it would go down because at TMZ, it doesn't matter what goes on. Like if your mother calls you in distress, like as you're trying to get the shot, you don't answer the phone call because you have to get the shot. And if you don't mm-hmm. get the shot, you're in big, big trouble. So that, that's exactly how a tmz when employee would approach this is like oh yeah don't try and save my life get the shot get the shot
1: (laughs) i'm really curious how much you get for uh you know for a paparazzi shot of that nature i'm just curious how they determine the pricing yeah um but going (laughs) off of that i thought it showed a good variation of how people uh take part in mm-hmm. social media and filming disasters and such. I the way Angel Taurus and Antlers holse dealt with it, mm-hmm. uh, very different than to jupe's, but still mm-hmm. not selfish reasons, but a true, I guess, a, a really too heavy desire for some brief uh fame. Although yeah. not just that, I loved how Antlers Rolls, he loved just the cinematography. I think he viewed more art in it than just getting attention yeah Uh, and i think his (laughs) yeah yeah exactly people will understand further when they see the the, yeah you know yeah and uh, angel taurus cares a lot about it but he also defends uh oj and emerald he helps them so yeah i think he has more heart even though he cares about uh getting some attention at least for his electronics so to me he's like a really good representation of like the you Know the technical crew of a film or something, you know, he'll do a lot, but uh, he has a better sense of ethics and it's not as wholly about attention as I mean, yeah, a, he's he's the an interesting others.
0: character, he's an interesting character because of that, like, he, he it's like what are his motivations does he want to like attach himself to this fame of like getting an an alien an alien ship on on camera that's i don't think that's certain at all but he's also kind of the first one to say like we need to get out of here when it's dangerous
1: (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so he's like a union tech guy for the making of a film you know as opposed to some uh you know socialite there's Um, there's an interesting tiktoker
0: yeah, there's an interesting commentary in, in all of this. Um, and you're right. And a not,
1: whole bunch, a whole different array. It's it's really great. It's,
0: it's not in your face at all. And I did find it interesting when the TMZ guy rides up and and what he's he's wearing a helmet that A covers his whole face and B has this like reflective surface on it. Um, so there, <laughs> there there is some in- implicit messaging in, in the costume design there. The whole thing though is a comment about like, I think exploitation of creatures i think uh exploitation of each other uh the whole undercurrent of the film is oj and uh m want to get an image uh the oprah shot as they say
1: of (laughs) yeah i enjoyed the little well that's that's like tmz i enjoyed the direct reference to the current hollywood
0: yeah and um like that they want to get the shot they don't care what it is they don't care what it wants um they, they don't really have any of these questions it's like here's a chance that we can like make some money and granted it's like in the in the effort to sort of save this this family business
1: but it's but not just that
0: it, it's not just that it's you're right but i mean th- there, there's th-
1: selfishness but also is it selfish when it's something we all do you know what i mean right like-
0: and that's yeah that's what the movie is, is essentially saying. It's like everybody in this area is trying to get something out of this uh, otherworldly experience. This is not Richard Dreyfus who's trying to put it all together by building a mountain out of his mashed potatoes. Um, He's not trying to like answer the mysteries of, of life and the purpose of the planet. We just want to get the darn thing on film. So then we can sell it for six figures.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) It's, it's fascinating. Um, But yeah, that, I, I did like brendan Perea. I, I don't know what um where he comes from uh yeah he was uh
1: new to me too well I, there's been some articles where they discuss how yeah he's a this could be a, a breakthrough forum mm-hmm. um I, i'm just i'm reading that like directly right now from <laughs> uh i think uh buzzfeed so <laughs> he's uh and, and i think uh enemy yeah he's uh a breakthrough for him. so i hope uh yeah. does well and, and the further rolls and uh, i didn't know
0: fry's electronics was a real thing but it's apparently like a chain
1: of electronics yeah it's and- got it's gone now oh is it was what was an american big box store chain
0: oh geez what do you know
1: oh uh COVID is COVID shut it down oh Way to go, COVID. Maybe yeah, uh, maybe like Jordan Peele is like a fan, so he wanted to. I, I give guess it, give it a good uh, finale. Yeah, why else? Like, it's. What's... I thought it. I thought it was made up because it's like, yeah, why wouldn't yeah. just
0: do it at Best Buy? Like, there's still that's Best Buy everywhere. When you yeah. find out it's
1: real, that's it's, I it's fun. Well, <laughs> that's and that's true. just it. Uh, that's, that's, that's like that's like I said, the TMZ and the Oprah thing. There's a lot of just real depictions of Hollywood, which is cool. It's it's great. It's really uh, really great. Makes it seem more real all around. Yeah. Um. Uh, sorry go ahead well I, we didn't mention it but i want to say as well the visuals were outstanding yes. yes uh and get out and especially us it's more close shots uh very you know compact departments uh, of the scene uh whereas this one there's a lot more broad ones and uh, we didn't mention them but there's amazing horse rising it's like a classic western it's more sci-fi yeah. than western but the horse rising's done amazing um especially oj's horse there's like a he's got like an eye thing you know like he can't mm-hmm. he can't look look at others he just doesn't and they they present that well too you know uh what? great great usage of animals although i guess i think jordan Peele said it was done ethically so good on that i guess but uh what i care about is that the horse shots look amazing
0: the horse shots are really good um and uh, yeah the, adding to the western touches um the michael abel score um it's it's very Williams esque until it gets to like sort of the climax and then it become then he like starts making it sound like a like a western like a classic like hollywood western um even though you see a character riding a motorcycle
1: <laughs> you know? yeah but that's that's kind of cool that's kind of cool
0: it's fun and yeah um yeah the the von hoytema uh, um cinematography who's he's sort of become Christopher Nolan's main man um for cinematography uh yeah really great uh i loved like the sort of gentle like scan of the skies and you're lo- you're trying to look all over the screen to see if you can see the ufo and or jean jacket as they come to call it and i mean the best special yeah, yeah right the best yeah special it's just, just <laughs>
1: that the names and the titles given where it was uh, great
0: <laughs> the best special effect though um daniel kalua's eyes um because he always just looks so weary and there's this really great scene where he comes back to the ranch and the ufo is is over the house and it's pouring rain and so it's dark and so he's sitting there in the cab of the truck and because the the ufo basically shuts down everything when you sort of get in range it's Mm -hmm. dark like it's dark it's dark in the truck and because daniel kalua's skin is so dark he kind of like recedes into the shadows and so all you see are his eyes um he, there's some really great eye acting from him in this. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he opens the he gently opens the truck door, looks up, the lightning flashes, he sees it and he just goes, nope, shuts the door again. <laughs> it's um it, it's funny, it's scary. Um
1: yeah, it's everything, it's everything all at once. Uh, the flying object too it brings about like uh a lot of different um emotions as well. It's like fear, mm-hmm. but it's also impressive because there's just some you know true magnificence to it Mm -hmm. and uh yeah a surprise but not necessarily a negative one it's 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 done well it's done well i would say even better than close encounters of the third kind it's kind of uh you don't see it then you see it sort of thing. and like the sandcastles are great slow burn towards it but this was done uh even better where you see it not fully directly but you see glimpses of it until you do see it uh, directly it's a really phenomenal build up to uh, that yeah. sighting yeah,
0: yeah and i would I, if I, like to quibble a bit i think maybe it is a bit too slow i think i think we're really on a real slow burn until we get to um, uh, i don't i don't i'm not sure at which point i can't remember which point like it really it really starts starts feeling like it gets some like progressive movement through the plot but it is um I, I was i was gonna say it's it was it was kind of hard sitting through it wasn't hard sitting through because there's some great scenes in that there's like there's this really great scene where uh they think there are aliens in the barn and it turns out to be Jupe's kids like bothering them because they stole one of the <laughs> right, horses right. so um but like the staging Rascals. of yeah the staging of that the way it's shot the lighting uh the mood the music that is such a great scene um so I mean, there, there, there's like bits of life until you finally sort of become aware of like what is the plot of this? What are they trying to do? Um, so you do kind of have to pack a little patience. I do wonder if this could have been a little bit, if we could have gotten this under two hours. Um, oh, of course,
1: a, a small little uh, flaw, small little,
0: fo- small little quibbles.
1: Right yeah, down. absolutely. No, I, I do agree with that. There could have been a bit cut out there before the buildup. Um. I still do. I still think it was a pinch better than um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I I can't wait to see it again. I I'm really
1: yeah. It. Give it a rewatch. Yeah, so, see yeah. how much inspiration was taken from it. Yeah. Uh, I also just wanted to quickly note because mm-hmm. I've been talking about it a lot. Its connection with you know current like social media, all those issues. Um, I also think it was very smart for him to in a 2022 film make uh ufo a huge focus because like there's been all the the cia, CIA releases right of like actual yeah. yeah. ufos you know i personally i think it's probably just technology ahead of us that like you know china <laughs> or south korea or something's working on but uh i think this was still a great usage of that something everybody is finding interesting and that we're actually getting some facts for i don't think they're aliens but ufo's are you know there's are real so. there's
0: a great discussion about that with um oj and angel at one point where he's like they don't exactly. you know they don't call them ufo's anymore and he's like well why do they have to change the name it's it's kind of funny it's uh and then he and yeah. then angel, angel says ancient aliens on history channel check it out <laughs> 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 uh speaking of someone who guilty watches ancient aliens if you if you're trying to get to the on my anything don't check it out but that's neither here nor there Gu- just guilty watch it like me and enjoy how everybody thinks it's aliens when <laughs> anyway uh that's it for this week's show we hope you liked it if you want to yeah. listen to us again you can find it on our website at endcreditsradio.com or, sorry, end radio Show.com. You can download it from the Guelph Politicast channel every Friday at Podbean or through your favorite podcast app at Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. And when you're on Spotify, you can find the playlist for much of the music that you hear on End Credits. Just open up Spotify and search for End Credits on CFRU. You can find us on social media too on Facebook at End Credits Radio Show and on Twitter at End Credits Radio. And, Peter, where can people find you on the various internets?
1: Uh, as per usual, Mr. Tarak on good old YouTube and uh Twitter. So, yeah, check <laughs> it out, y'all. And please. I'll be back here, <laughs> please. I like appreciate
0: the please. Um, I will be back here on good old CFRU Thursday at 5 p.m. for news and politics on open sources, Guelph, with Scotty Hertz. In the meantime. I'm personally on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, and you can check out my news and politics site at GuelphPolitico.ca. And you can stay tuned for more great programming here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. We shall return next Wednesday at 3 p.m. for another edition of End Credits, and we will see you then.